Hello, welcome to another pre-season from the Rookery. We're going into our tenth season, though. This Michael, ten years of doing from the Rookery, and we've all aged a bit, all a little bit greyer. Greyer. I wish I could. I wish I had any hair to go grey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hugely exciting. And when you do look back on the ten years, the amount of stuff that we've seen happen at our little old football club it's incredible and I think it's great that it's all there on record I think there was uh, forgive me I can't remember who it was that tweeted they read they're going back through old pre Pozzo era podcasts and with a massive grin knowing what's to come so listening through all the the dark times that we uh, I think we you know we managed to keep a smile on our faces yeah. didn't we during those those tough times but it's great that they're there in audio form that we know that we live through it and we can look back to those as we go into this what we're hoping is going to be a, an exciting 10th year for us an exciting 10th year for our our captain and um uh Watford's still on an upwardly mobile trajectory so yeah. yeah we've got a couple of things that we're starting to think about to, to make this a special season but more of that to come uh, in the coming season the we're sort of this this podcast is going to be looking back a little bit, or quite way back, to the 1980s, especially to a very special lady, Anne Swanson. Uh, I went to meet her uh, a while ago at her house just outside Cambridge, uh, and we, I spoke to her about her time at the club. She joined in 1980. And she tells a story about how she joined. Uh, you'll hear the interview in, in a second. But what was everyone's memories of her? For me, I don't think I'm being... I'm, maybe I'm being too bold. I think she's the third most important person for me to me being a Watford fan. You've got to think it's Graham for what he defines football club. You've got to think of it as Elton for his, his investment. But then Anne, on a personal level, about what she created and what that family enclosure and the family terrace was like, if she hadn't created that and didn't run it in the way that she ran it, again, the way she runs it does come up in the interview, my joy of being a Watford fan wouldn't have been anywhere near the same. Mike, what do you remember? Do you remember much of Anne? I remember her. she was the Junior Hornets. She was just the name attached to everything to do that you could do at Watford as a kid. Absolutely, she was the figurehead. And you're, you're right to point it out. Graham Taylor had the vision of what he wanted Watford to be. He wanted it to be accessible for kids. And it's like anything, great idea on paper, but you need someone to make it happen. Um, and she was that person. There's no way I don't think we'd be sitting here today, certainly our generation, if it wasn't for the Junior Hornets and the work that Anne Swanson put in to making that a, a reality and not just a club where you get a little bit of paper saying you're a, a member of a Junior Hornets and a little badge and a, and a sort of photocopy of a newsletter, which is what it would have been back in the 80s, an actual thing where you could go you could, you know, the, all the events they had on underneath the, underneath the East End there, you could meet the players, you could meet other families, um, the sport, you know, the list was endless of what you could get involved in as a kid. And I remember what it's like watching football as a, as a, I was going to say teenager, as like a seven, eight year old. Yeah. Anything to do with football, you were wide eyed and excited about. And the fact that you got to do things so brilliant under Anne Swanson's stewardship of the, of the Junior Hornets was. Nothing short of extraordinary. I think we were quite lucky because, yeah, the club, you still can involve the club. You still can do all the, lots of the things that, that, that Anne used to put on. Um, I particularly remember, but, but nowadays the machine is much bigger and it, it's grown and grown and grown from, from what she started. I remember having a birthday party uh, in the old family room and three Watford juniors wearing the away kit, the white away kit. I remember this. Uh, I think it was Barry Ashby, Jason Drysdale and Jason Solomon came along and we played football behind the Vicarage Road 
goal because there's huge space behind there we hit the f- football around a bit and then we had, had a bit of dinner and a bit of snacks in the in the, in the family room that wasn't always there from the beginning Geordie what do you remember about the things the other things that you, you, Junior Hornets could, could get up to oh I mean it was, it was a great it was a great time because I, you, uh, I used to sit probably where the dugouts are now um, and I remember Anne kind of on the front row in the corner and you know she um you know, there's lots of like you know gender equality now, and you know this. She she ran that. I mean, yeah. it was she wasn't a timid lady. She would. She, I, I saw her put people in their place, um, and it was. And, and it, I mean, football was it was fun. I mean, I guess when you're when you're a kid, I mean, a kid in the '80s as well. It's a different, it's a different thing. Access to the players wasn't there. It wasn't 24 seven. So it, I mean, for me, like you know, you go through the turnstile off Occupation Road, through that kind of down the kind of metallic yeah. uh, stairs that you kind of were hoping weren't going to come off <laughs> um, you go down and then they would have the um, the hut was built uh, yeah. while I, you know it wasn't the whole time you go past the hut and then take a left behind the behind the managers and Anne would be there and I'd sit a couple of rows two three rows behind her so you could hear her you, you know you talk to her she, she 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 knew everybody and and I think it's absolutely right what Mark saying she was the glue that put it all together you know I used to go to the matches sometimes with my uh, uncle and aunt who lived in lived in Watford, come and pick me up. When my dad was working abroad and stuff, and 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 yeah, it was amazing. And then the Christmas parties in Garston and yeah. things like that. And I, I I used to I've got found a picture, not a picture. It's not a negative. It's one I don't know what it's called. It's like, maybe a photographer let us know what it's called. It's this little. It's like a little bit of film, and it's it's me and a load of other uh, kids of our age in the Solvite kit, and we used to go with the Watford to play against the opposition's yeah. team. So I played at Highbury, played at Kenilworth Road when it's a plastic pitch, played against all the teams. And, and if I can I find a way, it's on tell me what it's called, I'll find a way of actually getting into a real picture. Maybe I can stick it on Twitter and people can like, look back and find themselves on it. But it, but it was just, you know, it, everything about it. You know, everyone talks about the, the community club. I think it might nail it. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for that... I mean, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on for us in the 80s, to be honest. You know, computing wasn't what it is now, and there wasn't like, umpteen channels and social media. But it was something that you felt a part of as a kid, and you felt safe at Watford. My first game was in the um, in the Vicarage Road end. You know, we used to go to away games, like I said. You know, there was sometimes a bit of a buzz, and, you know, football's different. You know, grown men being a bit aggro and stuff like that. But in the family enclosure, it was it was somewhere where you could sit. You could, other kids similar ages to you. And yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. I mean, I loved it. And it, and definitely, is, it, I guess, ha- routine and habit are very important. And you get in the routine of going to Watford. And then if you can get then get through adolescence without losing interest, you end up, you know, sat on <laughs> sat on Mike's sofa, <laughs> kind of talking to a microphone years later because it's, it's basically a drug. And I think, you know, Anne, Anne was integral to that, definitely. I went and saw her uh, and, and spoke to her. And it was just brilliant. Just a minute she opened the door to me. It was comforting it was warm it was lovely because because it was Anne uh, and as, the interview start, as this interview starts we are talking about a, a particular instance that was famous for a trip home from Highbury uh, during a half-term trip to to visit and play in the JVC centre that we played in uh, and the top of the bus came off as we went underneath a bridge a podcast made by Watford fans and for Watford fans from the rookery end that was a nightmare, thank goodness Stuart Peepinstock was up there. Get down! <laughs> I saw, see, I always thought that was, I think David James on that trip. I don't think we had any players with us on that no, one. Okay. We had players, David used to come to Wembley with us. Yeah. Did you ever come to Wembley? No. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, coach, we used to go to Wembley. When I think of, you know, you can think back and I think, God, how did I do it? 
happened when the kids parted. The family room was the greatest thing. Yeah. Once we got that, and they knocked it down. Yeah. Right, should we start beginning? So, and how did you get to come to Watford? My kids were supporters with Alan, and one day he couldn't go, so he said, would I take them? I'm not going to football. What do I want to go to football for? Anyway, I went, and my son was a Ross Jenkins fan, Jane was a Steve Sherwood fan, and I thought, well, who can I watch? So I thought, Luther. And I enjoyed it so much that after that, I was hooked. Just one game. We stood down in the rookery. We didn't, you know, we were just casual support. Or they went every week, but it was my first time. And then there was an advert in one of the programmes. They wanted somebody to work part-time in the office as a rep. So the kids said, oh, go on, do it, Mum, go on. So I applied for it and I got it without an interview because I'd always been going in the shop to get things for the kids. And one day we were walking up... Occupation? Yeah. And Ian Bolton was in front of us and the kids said, Mummy, there's Ian Bolton, go and talk to him. I'm not going to talk to him. Anyway, Ian turned round and Ian and I have been friends ever since. Yeah. Came to stay with me for one night and stayed for four months. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Why is that? Why did he stay? Well, his marriage broke up and he oh. had nowhere to go. So I said, "Well, overnight, come to me. You're welcome." Four months later, he moved out. But <laughs> 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 well, it was wonderful. He's just like a son to me now. So when I turned up in 1986-87, there was already this family enclosure and family terrace. When did it all start for you, this family thing? I started the family enclosure with Graham and it was his idea to encourage families to come and they would sit there and because it had to be a parent and a child, he said it was going to be expensive, so therefore things were cheaper. And people moaned, why did the family enclosure get this or that? And he used to say, because you've got to have at least one adult with children. Then it just went on. We used to put names on all the seats yeah. and we gave birthday cards to all the kids, Christmas parties, yeah. outings, going away, going out for days. Now, I remember the Christmas parties in particular just being amazing evenings. They were great fun. All the players had to come. It was a compulsory thing, again, from GT. And occasionally he turned up. It was great. And the players really got into it, didn't they? Do you think they really wanted to be there? Oh, I think they enjoyed it. Probably they didn't want to go. But once they got there and they got the kids and they were so excited to sit next to a player, to talk to a player... um, can I sit on his table? Can I sit on his table? Nightmare. But the players got... I can remember Nigel and Luther being so competitive. You know, they all wanted to win. Yeah, it was good. I remember going on the away trips and we went everywhere, literally everywhere, uh, especially 86, 87, 88, the, the year after Graham left. It was up early, cheap, and, you know, a, a coach full of... Kids. Kids. We even took a coach, first game in the European Cup, Kaiserslautern, we took a coach there. You you weren't... No, no, not then, no. 
Yes, it was. They were good fun, and we did. I think we went to nearly every game. Mm. How um, evenings? Did you go to one where we were guests of another club in their family rooms? A game beforehand, yeah. yes, and then we'd go and have a meal or whatever, and then sit together, trying to encourage the children not to. That's my team. Blah, 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 trying to be friendly. Off the pitch as well as on the pitch. But that whole idea, the family enclosure, did it all come from Graham? It was his idea to have this stand, as I say, to encourage families. And in the end, we were full and we had waiting lists. He was most insistent that it would only be Watford supporters in there. And sometimes if a dad couldn't come, he'd give it to somebody. And I can remember... West Ham people being in there, and I'm saying, no, 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 you'll have to go out, and they didn't like it, but I was bossy, and, I, you know, it was a rule, and because GT sat in front of me on the pitch, and sometimes, did you ever remember him turning round and telling me to get the crowd going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was a very special environment um, that you created, and it was amazing to turn up to, and my friends at the clubs just didn't know how special it was but it was special because you ruled that place I was in charge and I got into trouble several times because you know we used to sell sweets and things at the front so the kids didn't have to go out and we sold them not to make a big profit but as Graham said as long as you make a little profit and of course the people that ran the bars around the club didn't like it because I was selling the thing, Mars bars, much cheaper than he was selling them. But whatever GT said, I did. And if something wasn't right, I'd go to him and say, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so, leave it with me, and he'd put it right. So, yeah, if players didn't turn up. And another thing I used to do, I used to go to the hospital, to the kids' ward, every home game and take a player or two and take them some sweets. And when he, Elton did the Easter eggs, I took Easter eggs. So that was another thing that, you know, we did. You worked with some big players, some big characters, but particularly Graham. What was it like when you first met him? <laughs> I was with Sue Chalk, who used to be in the office, and we went into town, and Graham was there with his wife... And I went up to him and said, what are you doing in here? And I wouldn't have dared do it when I went to work for the club when he got to know me. And when they got back, he phoned Sue Chalk up and said, who was that you were with? I want to meet her. And so that's how I got to know Graham. Yeah. Um, he spoilt me. Did he? Mm. What do you mean? Yeah, because I did something he wanted and I went to all the home games, away games, even before the family enclosure. I was a supporter, and, uh, yeah, he looked after me well. But what about Elton? Uh, he was the height of his fame as a pop star. Um, did you have to deal with him much? I had to go to his house and take the papers for him to sign for him to sell the club to Jack Petchy. Really? Yes, and I sat in his kitchen waiting for him to come down and I said, I don't know why I'm bringing these to you because I don't want you to do it. So, look, let me explain. And he explained why he was selling the club. Do you remember he had voice trouble? Yeah. And he said, if I haven't got a voice, I can't sing. 
If I can't sing, I don't get money. If I don't get money, I can't give it to the club. So I'm doing it for the club. Okay. I wasn't very happy. No. He came one day and gave Easter eggs out with me. We went on the pitch. He knew everything that was going on. If I was on the switchboard and he'd ring up, he was Mr Chairman to me, and I just accepted him as the chairman. And when we went to away games, if he saw me, he'd come up and give me a hug. People to look at me, how do you know him, you know? Um, and we had the garden parties at his house yeah. every year, which was another wonderful thing. And I went to backstage, he was at Wembley, and it was on my birthday, and we'd had a do at the club. And he said, what are you doing for your birthday? I said, I'm coming to your concert. Come down and have a drink with me before. And Alan and I went down, walked round. Where do you think you're going? I'm going to have a drink with Elton John. Don't be so silly. <laughs> <laughs> but I got there and he was he left his, my name, you know, so we went in. John, you should have seen it. It was like a palace. Persian carpets, leather sofas... That was when he was married to Renata. But, of course, you also had to deal with the players coming to Junior Hornets events. What was it like working with them? They were my boys. Luther used to call me his white mum. Right. <laughs> when John Barnes got married, his dad stood up in one of his speeches and thanked me for looking after John. Yeah, I got on well with the players. I went to Tony Colton's wedding, Luther's wedding, invited to Jan Lohman's wedding... John Barnes's. Yeah, you know, they were all special. And I'd have done anything for them. And if they wanted anything, you know, they'd come and talk. Oh, it was lovely. And the players liked doing all the, the family stuff, not just because Graham told them. Yes, but I think a lot of them did it voluntary because I suppose I had a way with them. And I was like a mother, wasn't I? A lot older. Les Taylor is another one. They did come and they did a smashing job. John McClelland was a wonderful example. He'd do anything for you. Colin West. Oh, you can go back, all the names come back. and Yeah, yeah they, were, they were super. And they were approachable in those days. Nowadays, I think there's too much money. And you feel as if they're over there. But with our boys, and especially with Graham, I mean, they were his players, Watford, Town, it was their players too, you know. So when Graham left and uh, Mr Bassett took over, did it become a bit more difficult? Uh, it wasn't so easy. I didn't have the same relationship with Dave Bassett as I did with him. Steve Perryman was good. He was cooperative. Uh, but when I tried to say, this is what I want, you know, it was harder work than when it was with Graham. He knew what we were doing and he'd do it, whereas Bassett, it was something new to him and with Steve Perriman, I suppose, but he was good. And then Kenny came, didn't he, for a little while? But then those days I don't remember. From the rookery end. When I went to Anne's house, I took with me the handbook Watford Handbook from 1987-88, one of the first ones I had. And in it were lots of pictures of everyone who worked behind the scenes, including Anne. Uh, and she looked through it so fondly of all the people she worked with. But then came to certain people, uh, important people, or people I knew, uh, I asked her, such as Tom Wally, 
the youth team coach under Graham and under Dave Bassett at this point. Oh, it was lovely. Oh, yeah. When it had his testimonial, I reckon every morning before eight o'clock he was on the phone. What you got to tell me? <laughs> what you got to tell me? <laughs> What's happening? Have you sold all those tickets? Da, 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 da. But he was lovely. Also, Les Simmons, the legendary groundsman at Watford. Oh, he was a character. Oh, just, he was a one-off. Oh, I mustn't tell you too much about that. No, you can tell me No, like. I can't, because it's it probably not... No, he was just lovely, devoted to his ground. Oh! There you are. <laughs> Transferred from the Metropolitan Police. Police, yeah. Did I heck? I left the police in 70. When you look at those people, what was it like to work you know, behind the scenes at Watford at that, at that point? Well, it was the commercial department and the admin department. One lot were down by the rookery with Mr Plumley, and we were up the top with Mike Sullivan at the time. And then Ed Cohn came, and Caroline Gillis, which she's not in here. We were two separate officers. And again, because I got on so well with Mr Taylor, really I was just the odd one out. Nobody knew what I was doing. I used to go in, I'd always was in it just after eight, drop the kids off at school and like you, and uh, do my junior hornets, and I'd go off and do what I had to do, and yeah. And then, say, so in, in, in there, it you know, goes through to the, the players. Because there's one player back here, like I remember, I remember having a birthday party. Well, the, the family room. Yes. Now, I know that Graham ran the marathon for, for the, the terrace, terrace, but... How did that come about then, the family room? We got sponsors, people gave us money. Lots of the supporters donated money, businesses. There were some very wealthy people in the family enclosure. Um, and I, I don't know how much we raised, but you know it. Mm. It was lovely, and it was hard work trying to get money. But I'd got the cheek of old Nick, come on, just give us a few bob, you know. And then we, when Steve Perriman opened it, we invited all the people that had donated to come. The kitchen was outstanding. We had a wonderful kitchen. And I think the furnishings were nice, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the idea was that that would be used for a lot more things than it was. Because I remember like, going there on match days, but we also had the junior hall. Evenings, evenings in there, yes. And then the idea was, were you there when we had the billiard table, Steve Perryman's brother? Yeah. Billiard table, tennis table. I think it was brilliant. I'm just going back to the days. Mm. But I wasn't there long enough. I think it came too late in the in my career at Watford. Yeah, must have been, what, 91? About that. Yeah. yeah I, remember, I, I remember Graham coming back. And I left in 93. He was the England manager. He came to the mm. Junior Hornet evening as the yeah. England manager. Jack Petchy came to one of the Junior Hornet evenings, which surprised me. I didn't think he was... But he had a method because he wanted his grandson to be a mascot. And I did the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> so it was lovely, John. It was just... I'm just so proud of what I achieved for the club. Not for me, really for Mr Taylor. And I still called him Mr Taylor. 
right to the end, and I still call her Mrs. Taylor. Yeah. I saw her at the Newcastle game. Frita. Um, the other thing that you remember, I remember before, just before the um, family room was uh, the Panini sticker hut. Yes, that was Bobby Moore. Was the big wig in that? The Bobby Moore. Mm. And his daughter, Roberta, used to come and bring the stickers and and Bobby used to come now and again. Yeah, that was a good thing. Would it make money, was it? Oh, no, 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 no. It was just to exchange, because kids spent fortunes on them and they wanted to get, so they'd bring in six or seven and swap them. Or they would buy some and then swap them. It It was good. Yeah. My daughter and um, another one ran it. Yeah. Yeah, forget about those things. It's nice to hear ideas of somebody that goes back that far mm. and remembers... So I'm 80 now, 82, and I don't remember everything, but now you're jogging my memory and I think, oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I loved it, going up to the shop a few weeks ago and... A lot of the junior hornets came and it was smashing. Because I've got, there's, if you look at my phone, the, since I, um, I, I put it on there actually when Graham died, but the background picture is my junior hornets badge. Because um, I've still got it. That's my, that's my, that's my junior hornets badge. Good, good, one of the original ones. Now, was, were you part of the design of that? Do you remember, do you remember being born? No, I don't think Ed Cohen did it, I don't know. No, I didn't design it. And I, I, I can't tell you who... I would think it was Ed Cohn. OK. Or maybe GT, I don't know. It certainly wasn't me, I'm not... Things that went out in your packets, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you keep... Have you got anything you've kept from your time? No. When Blower had that go at me and I got rid of everything to do with Watford, everything, I had... Luther's England shirt, a shirt from Kenny from his Welsh, Mo Johnson's Scottish shirt, Jerry Armstrong's Irish shirt. And I got rid of everything, and what a fool. Oh. I was so hurt. So, what ha- so explain that. So, what, what, so when you left, what happened? Well, Blower just made it. He banned me from the ground. I wasn't allowed to go to um, Nigel Gibbs' testimonial game. Because what happened, I used to... Work long hours, and I was only paid for, I don't know, 20 hours. Some days, I, you know, when I went to the away games, that would be a long day. And so I used to keep the time and have it off in the close season with the kids. Blower didn't approve of that, and he just made my life hell. He was jealous because I think I was... Quite well liked at the club. Marketing manager. And he brought another fellow with him. I shouldn't be talking about him like this, should I? What's your story? But, in the board, uh, not the boardroom, the guest room, he'd come up behind me and say I'd said things. It's horrible. Anyway, I left and that was it. I never went back until... They got in touch with me. So what was that? Ninety-three. So twenty-five years almost. Yeah. Was it that? Even though with your with the with your you know, family being Watford fans, did they not keep going? 
you know, Howard's now goes to Arsenal. My grandchildren obviously follow Daddy. We've all went on the Newcastle game. All the Swansons were there. It was lovely. They were upstairs in the posh part and I was in the captain's bar with my son and two grandchildren. Um, no, it, it hurt and it took me a long time to get over it. I lost my mother and uh, I had some time off and then he told me I didn't bother going back. So, it was sad, John, it was sad. But then GT wasn't there. I don't know what would have happened. See, I remember, it must have been near the end of Bassett Dave's time there, you coming to tell us off on the family terrace because all the kids would gather at the bottom Bottom. left. Yes. All the dads were up at the top top. having their chats or whatever. And we were chanting almost like a Bassett out chant and you came and told us off. Really? Yeah. Now, see, that would have been from Graham Taylor's days, don't you? And I know I came on there one day... And all the dads were at the front, and I said, hey, 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 no, 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 no. Children at the front, dads at the back. But people were very good. They did listen to me. <laughs> oh, I can't remember that, but, yeah. I think we would like to bass it out, bass it out. And that was kids doing it. Yeah, well, I think that's why. That's why, why you came okay. and told us off. That's um, not what we're about. Yes, I think that's pretty much what you said. Yeah, yeah, that's not what we do. And but, but how were the other clubs at that point working with you? We had our junior Hornets. We were oh, the only ones. But we had something. We it, it was wonderful because they kept ringing up different clubs. Can we come and see you? And can you come to us and show us what you do and tell us what you do? And I think I more or less went all around the. First Division as we were then and the uh, FA used to have meetings for you know us and we tried to start a, a committee to do it but it just fizzled out because the clubs got greedy and wanted money for those 50 seats but yeah, up to that you know even Liverpool used to you know we went to Liverpool we didn't play matches with them but they'd give us the seats or I think we stood a lot in those days. I remember one trip to Luton away where we were the only Watford fans. And it was like we'd already been... It was a, the Bassett season at the end, so had gone, and we'd already been relegated. And we were the only Watford fans. We took a coach, didn't yeah. we? But Luton, I know there was a bad feeling, but Luton chap and I got on very well. I can't remember his name now. Um, we used to have matches with them. But we, we went into one end... Of the ground, and then they moved us all. That's right. Why did they do that? Do you remember? Was it to give us seats? I thought we had seats anyway. I just wonder if we were in the wrong place and we were causing oh, prob- issues. Well, maybe we. I, I, John, I can't remember. Okay. Don't forget, you were excited at yeah, being there, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. just sorting it out. Wonderful. Did you come to Stoke, and then we went on to Blackpool? No. Oh, we had an out. Oh. Went to see the lights, and half the kids were asleep. Yes, no, I think I do now. I think I was asleep. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. So I've got like a, 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 you know. A, and we got back about one in the morning or something. Yeah, I think I half I do remember that. We went off. We played games at Stoke. Stoke always gave us a nice meal, and then we went off to see the lights at Stoke. <laughs> By the time we got there. 
looked round the coach and half of them were asleep and then <laughs> certainly by the time we got to the end of the lights, I think everybody was asleep. Oh, yeah. Biggest memory is of, of all, all the way back from Arsenal being on the top deck. Yes, that and was the, horrific. The, the roof coming off. And that was a, sl- a shortcut. Debbie came with us on the coach. I'll take you a shortcut way to avoid the traffic. And then I heard this noise. Gee. Yeah. And I had one little boy. I can't remember his name. I can see him. He wanted to go to hospital because he was injured. I said, you're not going to hospital. You're not injured. I thought, how am I going to sort all you lot out and have one kid go to hospital because I'd have had to have gone with him. Anyway, that was all right, but wasn't it awful? Yeah, but then we went to the police station around the corner, didn't we? That's right. How long were we there for? I had to wait for another coach to come and pick us up. An hour, an hour. No, he wasn't injured, that boy? No, he wasn't. No. In fact, I think he was one of the junior Hornets that got hurt when we played Portsmouth, because I ended up in the hospital with him that day. So I think he was one of those that just... Good job, I can't remember his name. Did he come to the tennis when Joe Dury came? No. Hired a tennis court, and the Junior Hornets came, and David James came. Don't know whether it was Solly, but anyway, somebody else came, Will Frostron, and uh, Joe Dury came down to coach them. And then we went off to... The army barracks, did you come on that one? No. You know, we had a few good outings. Yeah. It seemed as if we were always asking for money. I know the, the junior Hornets coaches were subsidised, subsidised, so they got cheaper. And because we had free tickets, yeah. it was a good day out. Yeah, and this is where sometimes, <laughs> who does she think she is, bringing all these, you know... A few nasty remarks used to fly around, but just held my head up, I ain't got on with it. You know, there's all this thing about, you know, times have changed. You were in a very male-dominated industry. How was it working like that? Did you have lots and lots of problems? None. No, because... uh, (laughs) Sounds big-headed, but I was respected... Oh, she started the family enclosures, you know, and the people at the various clubs had copied us, so they all were respectful. Mm. Oh, no, I didn't have any... No, I can't ever remember having any trouble at (laughs) any grounds. We went to... Was it not Birmingham? One ground, and... The coach took us where they dropped us off. I said, no, 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 no. You can't leave us here. I'm not walking up the road with all these kids. Go back and drop us at the ground. Well, it wasn't heard of. And Mr Harrowell came just after that and said, how did you manage to get the children dropped off at the ground? I said, because I wasn't going to walk with them. Well done. I suppose that was the police in me, wasn't it? Yeah. I wasn't going to walk through the streets with my kids and anything happened to them. No, there was no messing with you, was there? No. Black was black and white was white. <laughs> but I bent the rules for my kids, you know, for the junior Hornets and for my players. So, like you say, you talked about um, looking after or having Ian at your house, Ian Bolton at your house for, for a good couple of months. Were you, did lots of the players come round or was it... Oh, yeah. Because, like I said, that, that mothering... Oh, I used you were the mother of the club. In, yeah, in, in, in a lots of ways. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of them, I can remember John Barnes coming round for dinner and telling Howard off because he didn't eat it all. Your mother's cooked that now. You sit there until you've eaten it. <laughs> Pat Rice has been, there's Taylor, Steve Sherwood. Well, a few of them used to come round. And you saw a lot of lot of the well, what the boys turn into to, to men. Yes, yeah, Nigel and Gary. Gary, Carter. you know what was it like sort of seeing them change? Um, Barry Ashby and all yeah. that. Well, Jane went out with Barry Ashby for a long time, eighteen months or so. Um, I used to go to all their games. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> I can remember saying to GT one day. When are you going to put Steve Sherwood in goal? Give him a chance. And <laughs> Do you want to put the team sheet out? No, I'm just asking when he's going to be given a chance. And we went down to Aldershot for an evening game. I'd been invited to go and see their family room. they just opened it. And I was in the box with Elton and GT and all of them. And Taylor came in and he said, I want, I want to introduce you to somebody. So I went... Chairman of Aldershot. Everybody thinks I run the club, but I don't. It's her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the sort of thing he'd do to me. Yeah. I, I wasn't frightened of him, but I was very, very respectful. I say, Cried my eyes out the night he left. We went up and had a few drinks upstairs. Oh, I was heartbroken. Yeah. When uh, he went to Aston Villa. Oh, dreadful. He was wonderful. He didn't stand any nonsense. And he knew everything that was going on. How he did it, I do not know. He knew everything. Great man. Rest in peace. Bless him. You know, I can't go from here to Watford, the drop of a hat. No, I've enjoyed what I've seen and the old heart goes, you know. Because we sit near the commentator's box... It's a long way, I have to look at that. And everybody jumps up and I can't see the goal or anything because by the time I've stood up, everybody sat down again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it's the atmosphere and I love it when they start singing because they used to take the mickey out of the junior uh, the family enclosure because we used to go, what for? What for? And then they would take the mickey out of us. But Taylor liked it. Get them going, get them going. Did as I was told. He stopped me from smoking. Don't like people that smoke. So I stopped for him. He was God to us, you know. He's just fantastic. Yeah. What will always be good is that what he did and what he defined what you did. It's still, still there. there. Yeah. And people remember it. Yeah. And that's the main thing. You say Watford, family enclosure. Yeah. Watford, Junior Hornet. So there she is, the first lady of Watford, Miss Anne Swanson. Uh, I did say earlier on it was fantastic to meet up with Anne, and it was, and it felt really fantastic to see her and how warm it felt. Um, I would like to point out that actually uh, she was a bit angry with me when I first turned up, and she told me off, because that's what Anne always did. I had been a little bit late. Uh, she was a lady of no nonsense. Thank you very much for listening to this very special podcast, but particular thanks goes to Derek Williams from the Watford FC Trust. As part of the work that he did uh, in the anniversary of the Trust, uh, he was able to to hunt down Anne and put me in touch with her. Uh, and that's 
what led me to a visit to her house just outside Cambridge. We'll be back again next week with another podcast, another pre-season podcast, uh, where we are, well, there'll be a battle between Geordie and DCW, Jason and Mike, with which team can pick the best starting eleven of Watford FC players that have played in the top division. It's quite a battle. A You'll podcast made for Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end.